Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality Radio Show, November 28th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. So, um, welcome, Walt. Welcome, Dolly. Hello. Thank Dolly. you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, what I was saying, trying to get at Nancy, was Annette, uh, my kid, uh, Annette. Sherry and I were texting the whole time, trying to keep Annette awake because she was so tired. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, poor girl. She doing yeah. all right now? Uh, she, we just both got up from a nap, and she okay. looked better, so I think she's okay now. Okay. Uh, uh, Annette did a friend a favor and went to the hospital while she had a operation, and it was much longer than they anticipated so that's what we were talking about before we get on air yeah yeah so Annette being daughter yeah (laughs) no my oldest don't call her old my youngest is Sherry yeah well she's not old because if she was old that would make me even older so Annette's not old (laughs) Yeah, I don't have kids, so I don't have to judge it that way. (laughs) (laughs) I I just try to keep up with you. (laughs) I try to keep up with me, too. (laughs) Sometimes it's not so easy. (laughs) So, Walter, did you want to talk anything about what you went through? You know, the typical thing that you end up. No, because it's not going to fix everything, and I just have to relive it all over again. No, thank you. Okay, all right, okay. Just <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Yeah, he's dealing with his mom is his mom is is still in rehab, and so he's dealing with the mechanics, the, the yeah. whatever it is, that <laughs> thing that kind of like lurks all around us, whatever that thing is, that boogeyman. If there's a boogeyman, it's that. Outreach government establishment, you know, crapola that poor poor Walt he's got to deal with. I mean, we all have to deal with it, but some places are a lot easier than other places. Right. And right here, right here, he doesn't have to deal with it because we just give him the middle finger all through the show. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I like doing that. And I like saying, read between the lines and holding up my three fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say that on Saturday night when Jan Shaw stepped in for Walt, who couldn't make it, and um, and she started, I I all of a sudden realized, you know, 
oh, we're seeing the real side of Jan Shaw. I think she forgot she was on radio and she was using the F word. <laughs> oh, she did. I, I, I was shocked. I was too. And yeah, finally, I think maybe she realized what she was doing, but it was like, oh, this is the real Jan. <laughs> Everybody's and thought, seeing her. <laughs> and, I, and I thought those British girls behaved themselves. <laughs> that maybe not. Oh. oh dear, I was laughing, but I didn't. I didn't want to interrupt her. And I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I said, ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if people are being a Offended out there, they need to pull their big boy and big girl britches up or get out. <laughs> right, and it's not like any corporate person is going to fire us, right? Right, right. <laughs> We're all volunteers. <laughs> you know, you can't threaten us with a loss of job. Yeah, really. We just go volunteer someplace else. <laughs> anyway. But that was a funny show. I don't, you know, it, every show is different. And somebody, somebody in the chat room said that, you know, they say what shows are getting better. And um, I don't know. I, I can't tell one way or the other. You know, I mean, I get off a show and think, ooh, what, what, was that any good? And then people are, you know, really appreciative of it. So I never really know the how, how things are going to go. But we have fun to say what's fun. This show, this this show, we try to be a little bit more informative. So actually, when I come on this show, I know I can cover anything. You know, Radio Five G's got a certain way of looking at it. Shungite, of course, is Shungite. You know, it's like every show has a little bit of difference to it, at least in my mind. Because so we the have new show 5G Cosmic Soup. Soup. Yeah, I love that name. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, because you you do the one that suggested it. You're well, such a somebody that spirits <laughs> told me, and I just passed it along. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Nancy, there's some in here. Hold on. Thank you. Where is it? Thank you, Dolly, for this from Helpful Humanoid. And I moved up to see what in the world are they thanking me for. And uh, I see where you played chron- uh, one of the Chronicles. Yes. Uh, what did you play that they're thanking me for? We did a remote view of Gitmo, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome out there. Helpful. Uh, what your name is? Helpful yeah. humanoid. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, it was the Gitmo thing. Ah. I'm really trying to I, I put it out there, you know, because I've got thousands of files. I'm not exaggerating. And it's hard for me to remember when it was we did something. But yes. I, I really want to um, find the one on... Um, Coral Castle. Oh yeah, that was fun. Well, that was that was a uh, you know, the, the people. If you just study a little bit of remote viewing, you're going to be shocked at how easy it is. It's not difficult, and it's very very woo woo. 
because one of the things I was listening to uh, a presentation, I forget who it was, and they actually put the audience through a remote viewing. And the only thing, I think it was Taggart, get his first name, but um, the, the, the only thing they did was they gave him a number. We want you to just focus on this number and then, you know, jot down or remember what it is you see. And then they went, you know, the tape goes silent for a while and he gives them the number and stuff. Well, it was so interesting to me because I ended up on, well, I, I, I was, I, it was a moon around Jupiter. And I, I knew it was because I could see Jupiter. <laughs> um but it was a moon setting, and there was this, you know what Quonset huts are like? You know what Quonset mm -hmm. hut is? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was like a whole uh, uh, facility built, <clears throat> built out of Quonset huts, but not like the Quonset huts we have. It was just in a similar shape, and the, the material was, was definitely not that thin tin that they use. And inside, it was, it was like... Uh, you know, it's it was like a big terminal, like an airport place, an airport terminal, where there was very high ceilings, and then there was uh, on on the side of the the you know the sides, two sides and everything. There was a lot of apparently office buildings or I mean offices or something, you know, rooms that people were doing stuff in, and it was it was full of people from other planets. I mean, they, they weren't, there weren't many humans there that I saw. So that's what I saw. And so then he comes back and he says, um, I, I don't remember if they asked the audience what they had seen. I think they did. I think it was the audience that started responding. Well, I saw this and I saw that. And uh, sure enough, it was a, it was a moon uh, around Jupiter. So, but but the but the and the audience was very accurate. <clears throat> I mean, they, there's several moons around Jupiter. Well, but it was one of the moons, Walt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just I'm just wondering why the, what the why the focus. That's all. Because the one moon had this place on it. I mean, they got moons around it, but it doesn't mean that they're all inhabited. Oh, you so know? you're talking about Ganymede? Okay, I got it. Okay, yeah, well, I don't know what moon it was. It was just a moon. I knew it was Jupiter. I got look, look and see Jupiter. Yeah, well, it must be a Jupiter moon because I can see Jupiter. Um, the, more or less, the people were, were they, 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 let's say they were near what I saw. Um, so I found it all very, very interesting, and it, it surprised me how many of the people. And then he began to... Um, you know, he'd say, I, I, this is the way I remember, I saw this a long time ago. He'd say, okay, did anybody else see something like that? You know, somebody would say, I saw this. And, you know, people would raise their hands. So it was a real demonstration of how easy it is to do remote viewing. And um, so I concocted this idea after seeing that of giving Walt and Dolly, your, your mic's open, um, giving <laughs> Dolly and uh, Walt a... Uh, uh, an RV test and the people in the audience, you know, and so I looked around and um, thought, what what can I what what is so different from everything else that you can't hardly mistake it for anything else? 
And I live very close to um, uh, Coral Castle. So I decided that I would uh, use Coral Castle, which was built by a guy who must have been using anti-gravity in some way because he was lifting all by himself with no machinery to be seen. Um, big, huge tons of, of coral right out of the ground. He was he was just cutting it out of the ground and right next to where where, where the building is. Well, it was he, he wasn't like a building. He did make a tower. There is a tower where he had a, a well, you'd call it a lab, I guess, in the bottom floor. But on the top, that's where he uh, he lived. But the the building was like carved tables and chairs and pillars that had were were had a hole in them that were focused on astronomical celestial bodies out there. It, a tremendous amount of just these things, you know. You can look it up. Coral Castle is very famous now. Um, and so Dolly and and Walt did a, uh, you know, were there. I mean, I couldn't talk to the people in the audience, but I could ask Dolly. Dolly, what'd you see? And she began to talk about the flowers. The, I mean, it was very, very accurate. She saw the parking lot, you know, this type of thing. And um, I wanted to to find that. Well, I I put put it out that I wanted to find that one, but instead I found the uh, remote view on Gitmo. And uh, so I'm, that's what, I, actually it was, you know, in 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 the queue to be played. <clears throat> it's just that it, um, so I don't know where that other one, I think we must have done that before we did the Gitmo one. So I'm going to go try looking back at that, you know, because I got so many, at least it might give me a time frame. And, uh, yeah, so the Gitmo one, yes, that was pretty impressive. Well, I've been watching, uh, shipwrecks, they go down, they find these shipwrecks they've been looking for, and they find ones that, that people haven't been looking for, and, and here they discover them, and, and lately, well, last night, and, Previously, like the last couple of weeks, they have been talking about the Nazi ships. And all of a sudden, when they're talking the Nazi ships, I be, I'm being transported back to the uh, Antarctica. And uh, that place scared me that because I ended up where there were Nazi signs and and uh, alien type beings, uh, and I, they, they're not welcoming, and so I don't want to be there. But every time they say, well, not every time, but every other time at least, they say Nazi. My myself, I I get transported into that cave where I was the last time and and then I have to shoot myself out really quick again how do I stop that trigger it, it's a trigger okay so what's what we, yes because we did a a, a remote on Antarctica and you ended up not liking it not liking it let me put it that way not at all in that get me area. out of here 
And yeah. so now, now when you hear the hear the word, it triggers that memory. Yeah. I mean, are you and you're being actually? Do you start saying? Did you do you keep going back to the memory? No, I go okay. to the actual thing. Again, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that memory is when people all of a sudden remember something. I think they've done essentially a remote view. Um, I started wondering why it was that I could, if if there was, if, if somebody tells me that we had a conversation and they said that, and I go, I don't remember that being said, you know, and I essentially ask the question, what did they really say? And as soon as I, that's my trigger, as soon as that, when, when I put that, those words out in my head, okay, all of a sudden, I'm sitting where I was, looking at them like I was looking at them and hearing exactly what was coming out of their mouths. So, you know, and you, I don't get into an argument with them. That's what their memory is. For all I know, that's what they think they said. Um, but it it made me realize that when I can remember, like somebody would be talking about something and all of a sudden I'd remember something I had read, but it went beyond that. It was like I'm looking at the page where I read it. And I, I always knew, you know, which, you know, you got the open book. I always knew, oh, it's on the right side or the left side and, and where it was in relationship to the text. You know, was it in the front, top, bottom, middle, you know, that type of thing. So I realized that I was doing some kind of a, a weird thing all my life, but I didn't really make the connection to what I was actually remote viewing. So I think that memory, every memory we have is kind of frozen in time. So how do you get out when, you, when you're caught in a, a glitch, you know, that you accidentally are being programmed with that? But uh, how, would it, how does she know that being there was an accident? Maybe some part of her wanted to resolve something? Because why, I don't uh, think so, Walter. Why, why else would you show up in a place where you naturally don't want to be there? I something, don't know. Something draws you there. Well, not me. Another part of Dolly. I don't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, <clears throat> you just have to break the contract. So I it, break that contract. Do you all hear me? I break it. Okay. Now, what, what may happen, because sometimes you, you say I break the contract, but then all of a sudden you've got, it seems like it's happening again, okay? What oh, you've yeah. got to do as soon as it starts happening, say no contract. And oh, okay. it, will, it will go away immediately. And pretty soon, you, you, and it, may, it may take a half a dozen times to, you know, of just reinforcing, no, that's what I want. Um all of a sudden, you, you try to remember what it was that you didn't want, and you can't remember it. Oh, good. Yeah, that's that's that. I, because I, 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 you know, have gotten to that. I don't want to think about that anymore. You know, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, even if I'm trying to recall it, it's like it's not like the same thing. It's almost like you break the contract of ever going back to that place. Shut the door. I don't want to go back. I'll but, do that. 
And I have been uh, finding myself, <clears throat> it's got to be called a remote view, hold on. <clears throat> um, I'll be watching TV, watch, uh, binging on the underwater series, shipwrecks. And all of a sudden, I'm taken to uh, a place that's like um, the meadow by the water with the big tree that I like to sit under. All of a sudden, I'm there, and I'm smelling the flowers because it's beautiful flowers there, too. And I'm looking around, and I see the people off at a distance, like at the... Uh, at the where the trees start after the flower meadow, and and I can hear the mumbling, but I can't hear the words, and it's a pleasant feeling, but I'm uh, I'm confused as to now why all of a sudden am I here? I I don't know. It's this has been happening a lot. Not just that scene, but others too. All of a sudden, I'm somewhere nice, somewhere really nice. Um, but I don't know why. Why? Why am I transported? Just boom, there I am. Well, you've been wanting to go home for such a long time that it wouldn't be that surprised. Was nice that too. Home is yeah. looking for you. <gasps> really? <laughs> sure. You you go. You, you you've been saying that for years. I Here I go. am. <laughs> so you're popping in and out of home, where your home is. Oh, uh, wow. That's sweet. I'm going to try to stay there a little longer each time and enjoy it. I'll come back, but I want to enjoy while I while I can be there. Just take, just take it in, you know. Don't try to, yeah. you know, just be. Okay. I'll do that. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Boy, I'm glad that came up. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, I don't know, I, maybe because I'm dyslexic, but I've had this fascination with my own brain, how it works, all my life. And so when when some, anything happens, I, like, go back and, and check what was happening in my brain? It, let me give you an example. And, and now I think it's a lot of it's remote viewing. Um, when I was in college, I had a history class. And we had finished the class, and the next class was coming in. So, but it they kind of started, these. It, that, that's what it looked like. And they started coming in before so quickly that it was a little bit odd and it caught my attention and I'm watching this girl and this guy and I'm I'm like just watching them but there was something odd about what they were doing so I suddenly stopped watching them and played back exactly what I had just seen and when I did this I was like my brain thing or conscious or the you know the rational brain was looking at it like okay so what is it that they're doing and i realized that they were pantomiming and that they were telling a story so 
the professor stopped what was happening because, you know, he actually, this happened before the end of the class, but it looked like the end of the class to us and nobody looked at the clock, you know, but it was actually about 10 minutes before the, no, it wasn't even that. I think it was like five minutes before. And he stops the whole thing and he says, okay, something just happened in the front of this classroom. I want you to think about what you just saw and tell me what you think you saw, saw, right? And he said, um, and give me, give me the papers, you know, I, I don't, I think, I, I don't remember that if we sat there and wrote it or we wrote it and gave it to him the next class, but when he went through the, the, the descriptions of what people thought was happening, he comes to mind. And so when he was discussing it, he's talking to John and Jan and all these people about what they were seeing because he was trying to demonstrate that history is dependent on the perception of the person that sees it. And he wanted to demonstrate how everybody in the classroom really had a totally different version of what it was that they saw. But he didn't touch my paper at all. And I knew because he was saying what it was that it was exactly what he was talking about. Well, the reason he didn't bring me into the picture was he didn't know how to deal with it because I wasn't supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> People don't do that. And so he made me stay after class and he said, how did you do that? He said, that's impossible, you know. And so we sat down and I told him exactly what had happened. And the, the, the interesting thing is that, okay, I, I stopped watching. I know in my, my mind I stopped watching what they were doing in time to replay what I had just seen and analyze it. And then I started watching again, and I was checking what they were doing with what I thought they had already done. And, yes, they were pantomiming opening up a restaurant for breakfast, or you know, I think. But it was it was all about restaurant stuff, and I don't remember the details of it right now. But he said he just couldn't understand what, well, how I could do that. And but he was fascinated with the fact that I could explain what happened because I couldn't tell you what they were doing when I wasn't watching them. I had my eyes on them, but I wasn't seeing them. I was in my own head, and so there's a part of it. And I said to him, "And this part I don't know because I was doing this thing in my head." And so I lost some of the record. It's like you're recording. So I, I know that that that's what I think happened. Whether it was in a remote view, I think I if I think if I had remoted remote viewed it, I would have seen the stuff I missed. You know, because I wouldn't have been in my own head. I would have been really watching what was happening in a remote view. So if you play with your mind and you do these things you're going to be able to learn the subtleties of it and what works and what doesn't seem to work and you know and, and a few of the I mean people say you know oh yeah remote viewings there's no danger to it and that's bullshit <laughs> there is danger to it because there's well one time I, I was doing a remote view on, in an intelligence operation to find something and I had a picture of what I was supposed to find and as I saw it 
in a building and proceeded to essentially go there. You don't really go there. You kind of bring it to you. But to, to end up where this thing is, um, all of a sudden I was filled with terror. Terror like I've never felt before or since. When you saw and a swastika? Swastikas all over the place. You know, and um, so that was a warning. That's That's like, get the hell out of here. But there have been times where I got caught inside the remote. Somebody saw me. Um, that's happened, uh, you know, well, it happened with a, a dragon, actually, <laughs> in Antarctica. I'll tell you this story because it's so, so strange. Um, okay, this, go this goes back to Gene Rockefeller and, um, and Jack, because Jack, her horse, the, the watcher, because I was doing a lot of work with Jack, and at one point, um, he, we started getting into the concept of dragons. So it was trending. In other words, it, it was trending. But I wanted to do a remote on Antarctica, but because I knew that it could be dangerous, because what they're doing is they're waiting for, for a signal from somebody like me. Um, it's like having an electric fence that if somebody walks through it that has a particular energy field it sets out alarms that that's that's how they monitor these areas so i didn't want to do that because i didn't want to trip any any warning in antarctica because i believed that, that you know nazis could be very well in in antarctica for a lot of reasons so i was working with a gin and yes i work with a gin walt works with gin and um i said to them can you show me, just give me telepathic information regarding what's really there in Antarctica? And so they said, oh, yeah, we can do something even better. And they threw up a screen in front of me. And in this, it was like, like a, a partition between my reality and the reality of Antarctica is what I felt it was. But it looked kind of like a screen. And... Um, so they were, they, they, and I really was, I was directing, I'd say, oh, well, what's down there? And then boom, you know, you, you start, it was very much in the uh, video realm, you know, seeing, I mean, where I wanted to go, I could go. And I'm sort of walking around in this place and then, but not in the place, you know, I mean, I'm still looking at this screen thing. I'm not, I don't see myself, I don't feel myself in it. It's just like I would think where I wanted to go and the screen would sort of show me that. So I come to this one room and the room is, it's it. Now I'm in a cave in Antarctica. What we're talking about is a cave that has facilities built into it. And some of it's very, very, uh, you'd think you were in some kind of a, you know, Microsoft building with all this tech stuff. But this particular room went, from the floor because it's it's almost like they make these rooms inside the cave because they don't do anything with the ceiling you can see the the cave ceiling but they'll have the walls up to a certain height and everything and this one was all wood <clears throat> everything was wood and so i'm looking at it and i'm focusing on it and all of a sudden i realized that i was inside that room and there was this 
dragon, like a more like a T-Rex kind of version dragon. And he had his, his hands behind him, his arms behind him, and he's pacing back and forth. And he's mumbling the whole damn time he's doing it. And he's turning at, probably every eight feet. He's turning around again. And all of a sudden, he, and he's got his head down. And all of a sudden, he just looked at me, turned around, put, pull, put his head up, looked at me. And then he points his finger at me and he says, you. And he said, they have to see the dragons. And it so startled me that the next thing I know, I'm standing with the gin again. And I got the, you know, the, the screen up. And I was like, kind of, kind of mad at the gin because they, they had done that. They had allowed that to happen. And I was like, what the hell did you just do to me? And they went, you know, they just, they, sometimes they won't talk. They won't tell you the whole story. They just shrug their shoulders and they have this little grin on their faces and you go, oh, for crying out loud. So I've been going through life wondering what they, what he meant. They have to see the dragons. And I'm pretty sure I know what it is. And it's trending again. The dragons are... Are, are coming out <laughs> so don't be a, don't be scared if you feel a dragon or you think about dragons or you you know you start other people are showing dragons or a dragon movie comes out you know because the dragon energy is um, apparently it was one of the very and I'm not even sure if it was a Gaia creation I think when Gaia began to do the work she does regarding the creation of this earth plane the you know the earth biosphere and all that i think dragons were sent there to protect her creation i don't feel that she was the one that initiated it and she did initiate the creation of the green man and you can look up Green Man if you're not familiar. Both Dolly and I didn't know a thing about this Green Man. And all of a sudden, everybody's saying, you never heard of the Green Man, right, Dolly? You remember that? It felt like a yep. Mandela effect. Like, I, how do yeah. No, we, we don't. I didn't know anything about a Green Man. No, nope, but everybody else did. Yeah. It was strange. I, I just saw, uh, what do you call it, um, a film on YouTube this this uh, earlier today. It's funny that you're mentioning dragons, and uh, the film was about the the what connection there is between the uh, reptilians and and the humans. How are they connected? Because all throughout history and everywhere and and the world, there are stories of either semi reptilian humans or fully reptilian humans or somehow somewhere wherever you are in the world there is going to be some relationship and one of the uh, items that they brought forth when they were talking about uh, the civilizations of china and japan where the first off those who were in charge those who were the ruling families of those places they uh, had that they felt they were they had the the given the birth given right to be rulers of that place or rulers of those people because they had a 
they were uh, uh, directly descended from dragons. So both both in China and in Japan, the reason they they felt that they they were entitled to be rulers rulers of the people is because they themselves were descended from dragons. So they would they, they would they wouldn't say uh, we are descended from such and such a king. No, whoever they were descended from, they said, oh, they're they're dragons. They're not people. They're dragons. So there was that connection. Where they 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 felt they were not they were not descended from humans they they were descended from dragons I mean that that's the way they, they understood their story so interesting how uh, I I see a connection between that and what you're saying well the 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 dragons um, like I say it was it was like the security force for this biosphere and the green man was created by Gaia as a <clears throat> sort of a caretaker of the nature spirits, the gnomes, the fairies, you know, all of the nature spirit kingdom. And he, so he, 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 he really, he, he, it was almost like the dragons were his security guard, but he seemed to be the big boss character. So what happened was that when the demagogue, the, the you know Satan or whatever it is that came down with the black goo, that energy force, the reptilians, what what whatever it is, that black force that is, you know, taken over the, the biosphere of Earth or tried to, let's put it that way. Um, when they came in, the first thing they did was to control the green man and to, and I've never gotten a clear picture as to what they did with the dragons, but my feeling is, is that the dragons couldn't withstand the, because of course there's a lot of ma magic ma being the manipulation of energy that Satan slash whatever. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how the dragon, but I felt that because I was having interactions with dragons, that they had gone into another level, another dimension, something that they, they weren't killed. They weren't killed off, but they were sort of banished from this realm. And so when, when I think about, you know, they've got to see the dragons, it's like, Maybe they're talking about we can't get to the levels of advancement and enlightenment until our imaginations get to a point where you can see the dragons. And I got to tell you, you know, when when I okay, the the I'm still in, I'm still with the gin. We just done that Antarctic thing, and. I th I th think I said something to them like, "What is it? Are dragons real?" Because I mean, I had never even thought about dragons being real. You know, are they real? And um, the chief, the chief, Jen said, "Turn around," and I turned around, and the screen wasn't there anymore. It was a big open room, and here is a dragon laying down, a huge dragon. Now this was. 
not like the one I had just seen. This is the one that, you know, it's got the long tail and, and it kind of looks more like a crocodile kind of, you know, shape. And uh, I was like, well, it, it was a bit mind-blowing. And so the djinn said to me, would you like to ride the dragon? <laughs> and for some reason I said, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> like, like, that's a good idea. So I get up on this dragon. And I mean, the djinns just sort of threw me up there. And I'm, so I'm on top of this dragon. And the dragon begins to move. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was on a horse. And I've done a lot of horse riding. And all of a sudden, I felt very, very comfortable with this dragon. And I said, you feel like a horse. And the dragon turned around and looked me straight in the eye. And he said, what did you think I was going to feel like? And when he said it, I realized this was Gene's horse, Jack, morphed into a dragon. And so as soon as I came down from wherever I was or finished that remote, whatever you want to call it, an, an epic remote view, um, I picked up the phone and called Gene and I said, Gene, does Jack ever morph into a dragon? And she said, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so... After that, I would um, I spent a lot of time before I would fall asleep uh, riding Jack, and th then then after a while, oh, I mean I, I could go on and on and on about the stories with the dragons, but th they're very real, and th this is the beauty of being absolutely bonkers. You know, hey, if I couldn't remember the things I remember and if I couldn't explain the things I explained, you guys would be very correct in not listening to me because I can sound really bonkers. But on the other side of it, I do have all those other capabilities. So just maybe what I'm telling you about imagination is very, very real. And I'm here to, you know, testify that I think it's real because I've been working with it for so long. So give it a try. You got nothing to lose. You know, you can do it without telling anybody. You don't have to go on international radio and say, hey, let's get crazy. Let's think about dragons riding them. There is nothing like riding a dragon. <laughs> it's so liberating. Especially when you see, when you're flying with uh, virtually hundreds of dragons. And they all have somebody on them. I don't know who those people are, but they're all—they always have a rider. So, it's a wonderful world if you want to live it. Just imagine it. <laughs> okay. So, what's next? Well, Talk. while you're talking about that, it reminded me I had done King Charles uh, on the list. So, um, I pasted pictures of the latest um, Charles in his um, uh, human skin covering his lizard. He, he's a lizard, so they put him in um, human skin. Well, his hands are so fat, uh, it looks like his human skin's going to burst open. And I, I, I put in 
um, the longer picture of him from his head to just be, to where his legs start to show we all that they made him look handsome. <laughs> Charles never in all his life looked handsome. But this dude that they got, uh, this lizard, it, it, he dresses up really handsome in his human suit. So I just thought I'd share that with everybody. Well, I I read down in the because um, it was originally a TikTok, not not Twitter, uh, X Twitter yeah. tweeter, yeah. And I I went down in the comments, and somebody said that that looked like edema tomb, extremity edema or something, and edema, edema which is the buildup of fluid in, in your extremities. And so then I took that phrase and I Googled it for pictures, you know, so show me images. And there were many pictures that were similar to it, but his was like the most extreme. Yeah. I mean, those hands looked like they were about to bust, you know, just yeah. blow. That's the way they look. Gosh, I wish he'd go swimming. Swimming? So we can see see his feet. I'm sure he's <laughs> got the, the best the best health care available. So it's not like have the they don't he doesn't have access to <laughs> some kind of uh, health coverage. Well well the woman I felt it was a woman who was commenting identify yeah, I guess because I think she said she was an RN. But um she said that that is normally an indication of um, congenital heart failure. They always check me for it. My legs, yeah. especially my ankles. Um, you, you do realize that there are men who are RNs. What? You said you thought you felt like it was a woman because it was an RN. Oh, yeah, you're right. <gasps> I know I didn't want to scream at you You're being sexist (laughs) (laughs) Right right. Uh, But uh, you know When I was sort of in the business That wasn't true Men were were not RNs Me too That was woman's job (laughs) The nurses They wouldn't be nurses either that's true. Yeah. They would be orderlies or doctors. Right. Yep. Yep. And there weren't any women orderlies. And very few women doctors. Right. And if there was a woman doctor, oh, you better not trust her. Yeah, she's a woman. Yeah. How can <laughs> she know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was crazy. The first time I had a man nurse come into my hospital room to put me on the bedpan, I I just was in such such a state of horrified shock. I said, well, 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 but you're a man. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely showed sexism there. Um, And he said, look, I have been an RN for so many years and yada, yada, yada. And I said, why well, not used to a, a, 
a man looking at my hoo-ha. He started laughing. He said, it's okay. I've seen many hoo-hahs in my lifetime. <laughs> so that was my first introduction to a man nurse. <laughs> That's strange. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I, I'm thinking back and, and I really haven't even now had it. Well, I don't go to the hospital. <laughs> so that's probably why they were all females. I don't remember meeting a male nurse. I've known male nurses, but not in the, that venue, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Well, see, I, I was a nurse's aide when uh, I got out of college. Oh, this was weird. I was working as uh, uh, in, in a uh, a very swanky uh, golf course, the clubhouse facility. You know, um, famous people came there all the time, and it was just like the place to be. So anyway, I'm working there, and the place burned down. I was out of a job. Bummer. It was a great job. But I ended up saying, okay, I, I want to, I, I always had this feeling about wanting to know things. So I said, well, what job would I not want to take? And for some reason, I decided that that job was a nursing home, you know, a nurse's aide thing. And so I went and I got a job at that particular one. What was it, Howard, I think? I don't remember. And um, some of, well, first off, I feel that in all of my life, the about 10 months that I worked there, I learned more than in any other time of my life because I was dealing with three different categories of the elderly. On the first floor, there were the ambulatory ones that could go out and shop and get drunk. <laughs> you know, of course, the other ones also got drunk. I mean, we had people that would leave the facility and go to the local bars with no money. But the bartenders, you know, got to know that this was from the, you know, nursing home up the street there. And um, we'd get calls, you know, so-and-so is here. <laughs> we'd have to go down and pick them up. But, um, so there was that floor. Then the second floor were for patients that were actually in the very last stages of life. And the third floor was the in-between floor. And I would rotate on these floors. Uh, so I, I got to know the various phases of, uh, of dying. But I also got to interact with people who had already lived a full life, and I was like 22 probably, and they had just, just you know, simple people, people, just regular people, and the insights and the learning that I, I got from just being around them, talking to them, I worked the midnight to eight shift, and so I worked with them, you know, we check on them all through the night and everything, but in the morning that we'd get them up and get them dressed and stuff, so you had the time to really interact in a very non-medical way with them. You're just helping them get dressed, basically. And um, so I got an insight into the various different types of people that are out there. 
But the number one thing, and I said this before, the number one thing that I learned from them was that I never heard anybody say, I'm sorry I did not do something or another. I mean, do something or other. I always heard them say, I'm sorry I did not do something. So it was the not doing things that were bothersome. You know, they never complained about what they had done. Gosh, only knows what some of them could have been done. But it was this this lack of experience. And because of that, I did things during my life that I really didn't want to do. And I was right in most cases. But I did them anyway. Because the one thing I didn't want to do was get to that point in my life when I'm going like, I'm sorry I didn't do, I didn't do, I didn't do. I said, no. So... That was that was an interesting place, um, but I got to tell you the the, the storyline that made me start thinking about this was when you were talking about the male nurses. So one night I'm up and I'm on this the second floor, and we're basically just you know making sure everybody's well. You're dealing with babies at that point, so you know things you do with babies, and it was cold winter night. There was snow on the ground. And all of a sudden, the nurse that was with me, the aide that was with me, said, "Oh my God, there's some guy out there in the in the in the on the grounds in the backyard." This was like two, three in the morning. Probably, no, yeah, it was probably about two in the morning. And so I kind of walk up to the window, you know, and here's this guy that has got, <laughs> honest to God, it was like a raincoat thing on. And it's opened, he's naked underneath this thing, and he's jerking off. Well, I was like, I just couldn't, and, and it's cold. I mean, I don't even know how he got it up because it was so freaking cold. So we had to call the police to the nursing home, you know, to report this guy. We don't know, you know, what he was all He wasn't about. one of the patients? No, no. Oh. And, and and what happened is he actually saw us watching him. Oh, because we had gotten in the window, that and when he saw us, on. he ran. He ran off. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. But we still decided to make a police report, and um, it was so funny because the cop that came was fairly young. It, well, there was two of them, but I'm talking to this guy. I'm telling him what we saw, and <laughs> he says to me. He's got his head down. He's writing what I'm saying. He says to me, well, can you describe him? <laughs> and I said, describe him? He said, yes. And I said, he was in a raincoat. You know something? He was pretty, pretty stud. <laughs> and he was like, he got so embarrassed. But he, it's, he's laughing like hell, you know, like, oh, my God. You know. Uh. <laughs> I you know that's one of those things that you don't think about. I mean, what 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 occasion is going to remind me of that particular scene? But <laughs> it just so happens that that all of a sudden I was back in that room. Yeah. I was back in that room, and I can see the nurse getting like flustered and saying, "There's some guy out there," and 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 then from then on, I can see you know everything that happened. But the, the the one thing that's that I find interesting is that I don't see faces. Oh. It's really interesting. I can see details in the room and stuff, but 
faces, it's like I know I'm seeing something, but my brain will not compute with them. It's not like they don't have faces. It's just my brain, like, it's almost like they're, uh, you know, when you put a thing over certain people's faces you don't want in photographs? It's yeah. kind of like that. Hmm. I know what that's about. I don't know, because I see the faces. Um, and to me, I can put them in one of, like, six to eight categories because people to me look alike I remember you saying that yeah <laughs> yeah I have trouble with that Walter you quiet do you have anything oh. to say no I'm, I'm listening to your conversation you uh, what Dolly says kind of reminded me of my mother my mother when she's watching movies I have to keep re, uh, remind, okay, this actor or that actress or this is the actor that was in the movie, blah, blah, blah. If you remember that movie? Because she sees the, all the, to, to her, all, all people's faces are the same. It's not like she can't see them. It's just that they all look the same to her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am putting in the chat room for Walt. I looked up the Space Coast launch schedule for the uh, rocket ships that fly out of uh, Kennedy, Cape Canaveral. So I put the schedule in there so you can see there's flights all the time. And we got some coming up real soon, like next week, I think. Well, they're all, that's all they're launching is satellites, nothing else? No fruit, no farm animals, no, nothing like that. Just satellites and nothing but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that completely didn't make sense in my head. <laughs> he, was making, he was making a joke. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking, what? How so pretty, they do that? So pretty <laughs> soon then we won't be able to see the stars anymore because the, the entire sky is going to be shrouded in satellites? Oh, it's it's more full than you can ever imagine. Mm. And now, uh, I just saw recently, maybe when I was doing this research for you today, um, they are they're trying to take apart one of the places where they go up and live in it uh space station yeah they're tr taking it apart because it's so old it's going to start to drop to earth and it could land on civilization is so, it mirrors it is it the mirror station i did no, not the international find space the station. no the international the mirror is a uh, russian this is yes, the, I know, I know, but but she's talking about the International Space Station. I don't know what I'm talking about. Which one? Well, I don't know the name well, of it. Why well, would they? Why would they be taking that apart? They just built it. It's not falling apart, is it? You know, it's an older I, one. It's I, it's it's old because it's made up of parts, so it's not all the same the same age. No, there was another. There was another version of a space thing. There was mirrors, and then there was space lab or something. Well, Skylab 
fell Scott. in Skylab fell in in, Austra in Australia, if you remember. Yeah, and I thought is that when it come down, yeah. but I don't know about Mir. But I yeah. should have I should have been more attentive and taken down the information. I just thought, oh wow, really? Well, I'm glad they're taking it apart, and that's as much thought as I put into that. <laughs> and now that you're talking about it, it it really is more important than just to give it that little bit of a thought. But I, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> Sorry. I know the International Space Station was uh, kept uh, its uh, um, orbit kept decaying, so it, it uh, that's why I su I suggested the International Space Station. It may be. Yeah, could yep. be. I don't know. Yeah. In fact, they were concerned because they were trying to guesstimate how long it's going to stay in orbit because of the way it's decaying. So. Yeah, if they take it apart and build it a little differently, they may be able to stay up there longer. Who knows? Well, right. my, I had a thought. How, how are they getting the parts down to Earth? But go ahead. They're probably letting them fall into the atmosphere, but in a controlled way over the oceans. Well, they, they weren't very successful with Skylab because it did fall on, on ground, but not, not in a dense city, but it did fall into a, a what do you call it, uh, a, a ranch in the, uh, in the Australian outback. So it could have hit a person if it had fallen near a house. But it did fall. It, it did not fall into the ocean. It fallen. Well, on maybe they, maybe they wanted it on land so they could look at it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but somewhere where it's not people there. So anyway, let's take a break. Welcome back to the say no cosmic reality show. <laughs> say what? It's say what? For twenty eighth, twenty twenty three, and with me is Walt Silva and Dolly. Howard, are you there, guys? Yeah. We Nothing. should do a karaoke with that song. I always sing along to it. I love it. Of course, we couldn't hear the chatters, could we? Hmm. Uh, Derek uh, yesterday had his first uh, karaoke night, you know. Hmm. And I've hardly ever heard him get you know, emotionally and choked up, but he kind of envisioned that this karaoke would be used by the kids, and the kids actually did, you know, oh. can we do it? He actually said, kids, you can do this too, you know? And he gave them, like, free passes to the arcade games you know, if, if they just go up there and do it. <laughs> yeah, so that was a really nice... Nice thing. Yeah. I said, to, I said, were they any good? And he said, actually, they were. It's well, sort of like kids are good, you know, yeah. any kids singing. And even if they're terribly off key, it's just the kids singing. It's nice. So. They let loose without any uh, self-consciousness. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Once they get going, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, did uh, Walt get back? 
I, I, I was here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know you were here. Anyway, so um, what do you got on that list? Do you, you still have I got, oh heavens, I got a whole shitload. Um, I really kept finding, running into things. Well, they kept running into me this time. I had it done two days ago. Well, anyway, I found this silly true, I didn't find it. And that came and told me this, this true thing. There is someone out there in this world who is so smart that they are suing the smart water drink company because the drink didn't make them any smarter. So they're taking them to court. It it teaches the drink company they're not not to lie. <laughs> you you get what you 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 deserve <laughs> it. You lied. You you said this water makes you smart and it doesn't. So okay. No 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 no. That that's no. What the name of the smart water is because it's the smart thing to do. Drink this water because it's the best water for you. It didn't make any kind of a statement that you'll be smarter because you drank right, it. Right, right. <laughs> See, that's what makes it even stupider. And and an attorney is going to take it to court. <laughs> well, money, money, money talks. That's <laughs> <laughs> what Annette said. I said, well, I wouldn't want to be associated with that if I was an attorney. They, they tout themselves as being so freaking smart. That's not too <laughs> smart. <laughs> So Nancy and I decided we're going to keep track of these things. I'm going to start a file just for the silly things we hear. So we can, every once in a while, read it to y'all. And I I found a good news item I'm so excited to share with you all. Do you mind? No, go for it. Okay. This is was uh, recorded. Well, it came out November 20, 2023, um, and it came from Good News Network. If y'all want the um, link to it, I can put it in the chat. Otherwise, I'm not going to. It, it, <clears throat> title is Houston Good Samaritan Steps Up to Drag Wounded Officer Away from Gunfight. And it goes down here. I want to put in, if you want to see the video of it, uh, I can put a dog on it. Maybe I can put this in the chat, the link in the chat room for you. Uh, copy. Copy. Go over here to the chat room. And here it is. Now, this is a video. Come on. So, uh, you'll have to watch it when you have time to watch a video. And I didn't get it yet, so let me just go ahead and read it, and I'll paste it when I can. Resident John Lally was not planning on being a hero when he was driving to work up Highway 59. 
but he came upon an active shootout between police and a man who was driving what was believed to be a stolen car. It all started when Officer John Gibson had tried to pull the man over on this suspicion, but a chase started when the driver failed to stop. After crashing into several cars, Gibson approached the vehicle with commands to get out and get on the ground when the suspect started shooting and hit Gibson in the leg. As soon as I jumped out of the car, there's gunshots going off, Mr. Lally told Fox 26. Then I looked to my left and saw that cop get shot. That's when I grabbed the cop by his vest and dragged him all the way back to my work truck, he said. I just didn't want him to get shot again. That was my main focus, he told the Inside Edition. Lally sat with Gibson while officers applied a tourniquet to his leg. He comforted the wounded man, taking his hand and saying, I love cops dearly, bro. The suspect tried to escape, but died from gunshot wounds. So the cop was okay. Um, the man, Lally, sat with the cop, and, and he talked with, gave his information to other police that were there. Copy. And when you watch the video, it made me cry, with happiness, of course. Um the the Lally man told the policeman while he was holding his hand, I have been in and out of jail hundreds of times, but I love cops. He says, you're going to be okay. And uh, he, he didn't leave him till the guy ended up in the um, ambulance. And I just wanted to share that with y'all. I wish you listeners who don't come in the chat room could see this video. It is well worth seeing. Because there's more going on in the video than what I just told you. <sighs> so I wanted to share that with y'all. There's something else here. I finally got it pasted. The link's pasted in the chat room now. Uh, update on Trump trial. I wanted to give you that. This is November 27. Um, the ridiculous trial brought by a corrupt AG Letitia James continues today. November 27. That was yesterday. Currently, executives for the company are on the stand showing the documents weren't deceptive. Judge N. Goran, whose own aide was caught on video at a Biden rally, has already ruled, the judge has already ruled, even before hearing or seeing the real evidence. This case is beyond corrupt. People are waking up, and this won't end well for these corrupt Dems. Well, it's not just the Dems. Well, anyway, I can't wait until they're all disbarred and facing jail time. Why does the Biden admin think this will work? The trial, that's what they're, why do they think the trial's going to work? Actually, like everything else that they do, 
it's freaking backfiring in their face and they're showing even more and more what idiots they are. Um, and I had a comment regarding the trial. Uh, to me, this is a white hat movie, I, I guess is the word for it, uh, to show the stupidity of the deep state beings. Um, if, if you can't see what's really happening at this trial, then I think you really, you're a dead person and need to be put underground. Uh, it's, it's so blatantly obvious uh, that, that the judge has already convicted Trump and he hasn't even let everybody testify who they have signed up to testify. He interrupts those who do manage to make it into the testifying chair. Um, this is just all craziness in my head and I, I can't believe that it's going on and people are sitting there watching it with bated breath. Oh, I wonder how it's going to come out. Well, you know darn well it's got to be thrown out. But I wanted to share the share the update. Maybe Any? it's the maybe it's the same uh, psychology <laughs> that that uh, the, the uh, Howard Stern uses. Did, did did you ever see the that movie? Uh, Howard Stern's My, My Private Parts. He made no. a movie. Okay, he he made a movie about it, and there were some scenes from real life we used for this movie. So. Uh, uh, Paul Giamatti is—he plays the role of the manager, that of the production manager that manages Howard Stern, and he drives—he drives, he drives uh, uh, the manager crazy with his antics. As you know, he was a—he's a radio DJ. So there's a part of the movie that's like super funny because it's—it's—it was so true. Is that he's trying to find. A, a, a cause or a good reason to get Howard Stern fired. And he says, and he's talking to the, um, he went to see uh, the, this character that um, he's a, he wor he's working for the radio for the uh, network. And he's a, he's in charge of uh, rating. So he, he's, his job is to constantly be minding, see what the listenership are saying and, and what they're doing. So they're looking at the statistics. So uh, Paul Giamatti asks him a question, well, but people must dislike him. People really, you can't tell me that people love this. They coming, I mean, how, 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 how much do they listen? Well, according, according to our estimates and according to our analysis, People listen to his uh, show on an average of two hours. He says, oh, two hours. But I'm sure there are people that hate him, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, people that uh, actually hate him are listening for two and a half hours. And he goes, no, actually, people that actually hate him are listening for four and a half hours. And he goes, what? What do you mean? They, they listen longer? Why? Oh, because they, they, they want to know what he's, what he's going to say next. 
They, that's what they want. They want to know what he's going to say next. So act, the people that hate him actually listen longer to the show. <laughs> and that, that was true. That was part of, the, that was used in the movie. That's from real life. That's crazy. <laughs> so the people that hate him actually listen longer. Oh, for goodness sake. So that, that <laughs> tells you something about human psychology. I guess so. I have one more thing I really, really want to share with y'all. Uh, this is from Steve Loves Ammo. Uh, uh, at Steve Loves Ammo. It's from Twitter. It's uh, white, what white privilege has gotten me. It's from a, a veteran. White privilege is knowing your father ate eggs for every meal for weeks at a time to provide for his family. White privilege is growing up in a life of poverty. White privilege is signing the dotted line to join the U.S. Army, knowing that I would spend years away from my, fam from my family and friends. White privilege is getting shot at and blown up for, this, for his country and still having shrapnel in his right leg. White privilege is spending over a decade in therapy because I could not feel emotion anymore. White privilege is knowing your friend put a bullet in his head because he couldn't cope with his combat experiences. White privilege is having to fight every step of the way in life in order to better one's life. There is no such thing as white privilege. I will never apologize for thinking this. This is just an excuse for lazy human beings that want to place the blame of their own failures in life onto someone else. There is zero accountability anymore, and I am fucking sick of it. That's from a vet. In a... That's all I had a burning desire to share. But, but what about the other things you haven't read? Well, the, uh, that's what I said. That was the ones that I had a burning desire to share. But um, Nancy has something she wants to play. Oh, okay. Well, I do or I don't. Depends on whether you want to spend 16 minutes listening to, you know, the, the plague. <laughs> the black plague well yeah, up to you one of the things I have concerns at um where did I put that I'm going to try to oh ha, let me share this one this is from John Rickus um November 25 he's got a picture of a convict's mugshot and he says, he may get into heaven after all. The, the thing is, California inmate has now beaten to death two child molesters with a cane while in prison, authorities say. And then someone commented, that's the thing about prison inmates. That's the thing about prison inmates. Have committed everything from carjacking to first degree murder. But most of them draw the line at pedophilia. 
prison justice strikes again. <laughs> I kind of like that one. He's gonna. He, he's already committed murder. He couldn't get any more worse shape than uh, he already was in. Um, there's this man that I keep copying from X, Steve Kirsch. Well, I did, <clears throat> because I really like what the man says, I did a little bit of a research on him. And uh, he he's very intelligent man. If I can find the, here it is. I will post a link in here where you can go in and read about, like, his bio. Um, he, he has started m many different things about the COVID, uh, COVID vaccines and how the vaccines are what's killing us, not the COVID. The COVID is not killing anybody. It's the frickin' stuff they put in the vaccines. Um, he says, until government authorities can explain the dramatic rise in all-cause mortality among the vaccinated by some other explanation, it is the COVID-19 vaccine as the cause of death until proven otherwise. And then you can go to that link I just put in. I just put in the chat. I'm sorry. I'm running out of air. And I can't talk when that happens. And uh, he will be going to MIT November 30th uh, to uh, talk to the student body, undergrads. An email was sent out to all the undergrads basically apologizing to Steve Kirch because he went there before and he got bad mouth yelled at and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's going to be allowed to go back there November 30th and talk about this again because what he said, and they were saying that's not true, you're lying, um, is really true. They're going to let him talk about it again. I pasted the letter to MIT in the chat room so y'all can read it. Uh, just look up John K-I-R how do you spell him? K-I-R-S-C-H I believe is how you spell it. And you'll see this is a a very intelligent man. He has discovered he has created many things that we use and even the scientific uses, so he's no kook, y'all. He's for real. Um, oh, Y is saying, yes, Dolly, Steve Kirsch has been writing about this on Soundtrack for a few years. He is wealthy and has stood up to his detractors. So uh, if you want to read, to know, learn more, about this man and the committees he has put together with the smart 
scientists and stuff, and they have stopped many different things in the courts according uh, related to the vaxes. So, uh, but he's worth checking into, y'all. If you still are on the fence and you think that that it, there's a real COVID that's killing people, check this man out. It's the freaking vaxes, y'all. We've been telling you. It's well, the vaxes. Dolly, yeah. let me play this 16 minutes because it explains why. Oh, good. Yes. You know, I mean, I wasn't going to, but then you brought this up, and this is actually what you really need to hear. Yeah. Here we go. Myself, but I was the one to release it in February of 2021, and, and the continue the writing of that particular article has been seen by several millions of people around the world. It was eventually published a few months ago um, in a science, ACTA scientific journal. Uh, and the article was the, non -dis the, the, the undisclosed ingredients in the, uh, the vax, you know, in the, in, in the jabs that people have been receiving. And, of course, the white sheet on this is, is blank basically. So I think a lot of people know this. And, and, and of course, when asked about the ingredients, of course, that's uh, denied by many of the main, uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies as, as private or, or secret and, and uh, cannot be revealed. But one of the things we found, of course, is graphene and specifically graphene oxide, which in the body at certain temperatures, uh, 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 can uh, become graphene hydroxide and, and and actually seeing the morphology on this uh, and how it accumulates because it is magnetic it has the ability to self-assemble and so graphene has been the major component of these uh, jabs and, and you kind of ask your question what's graphene doing in inoculation it's kind of like ask as a major ingredient and it's not disclosed majority of uh, things uh, specifically graphene and then also discovering uh, the one of the other vectors that was carrying uh, the genetic material which was parasites so parasites is a is a vector for delivering uh, genetically modified RNA or DNA uh, as well as the eggs of Trampanosoma cusi, uh, parasites and toxoplasma parasites, which have been identified in the uh, in the actual uh, nanolipid capsid, and we're talking about things that are uh, less than thirty-five nanometers. When you're talking about graphene, you're talking about something that's zero point one nanometers so we're talking about billions of a nanometer at 0 0.1 this is very very small stuff and you can't see it unless it aggregates and it does in the blood and so when that happens the person's either dead or you know or near death and what i came to the conclusion of uh, which i actually reported on in 2020 uh, was the connection with 3G, 4G, and 5G. And, and that really started out with my work in 1998. 
where I was looking at the exposure of uh, electromagnetic frequencies on the human biofield and how it affected how it affected the blood. And that research was a double-blinded study that I was commissioned through uh, the uh, uh, Q-Link company uh, that asked me to to look at this in relationship to the effects of EMF and what one could do to protect themselves from that. Of course, I had no financial interest in it, so there was no conflict of interest. Uh, I did the research and published the paper with Beverly Rubick in 2001 in the International uh, Journal of Complementary and Alternative Medicine. So that was published in 2001. So we're talking 20 plus years later, and we're talking about the same subject of the effects of electromagnetic fields and how now with the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, how they're connecting us up to the Internet of Bodies. And that's that's where the graphene comes in because it's great. It's a great uh, receiver and transmitter of electromagnetic fields. So what you end up with is something that could be used as uh, a directed energy weapon. And I believe this is what was happening in Wuhan when they introduced the graphene, which was the whole point of the lab, uh, here again in the delivery system of the graphene, which I think the best way for people to understand this is kind of like a truck, you know, and a truck has a driver. And the driver knows the destination it's going, and in the truck is is the goods that are going to be delivered. Well, well, the truck is the this these nanobots, these these nanodots, these nanolipid uh, capsids that contain what's in the truck, and what's in the truck, what's in the truck is is graphene, and graphene you just have to look it up. I mean, it's it's not only uh, cytotoxic, which it destroys the cell, but it destroys it also alters the genetic. It destroys the genetics, but it's also magnetic. So, any studies that have been done with graphene have failed because they end up destroying the life of that particular. Uh, in in when we're talking about uh, in in vivo. It just has never been successful. So it's been taken off the tables for something that could be, you know, delivering drugs, let's say chemotherapy and cancer, because it because the material ends up killing you. You know, you know, you deliver the drugs at the same time you've just exposed the body to a to a toxic substance. And so uh, you, you didn't die from cancer. You died from graphene poisoning. And this this is the huge problem. So now, I I don't have these connections, but I I would assume that that the research then changed from as a material that could deliver, you know, treatments to a material that could act as a biosensor to connect humans to the Internet of Things or Internet of Bodies, and using that material in a transhumanistic have the capabilities to you know to once connected to literally 
allow those who are in control of that technology to contact trace you or to send messages to your brain because when you look at the material uh and this driver by the way the driver in the truck that's the dna that's the rna that's the genetic material that's been modified so he said what what is our what is mrna what's what's its purpose is is its purpose to to alter the genetics to make us transhuman uh, no, it's too fragile. You know, no, the, its purpose is is to drive in small amounts to drive this package to specific areas of the body which have been targeted. So this is why you, you're finding it ending up in the reproductive organs, in the heart, and also in the brain. No more prisons. You can be imprisoned within your own body now. And if you want to, if they want to eliminate you, no more electric chairs, no more nuclear bombs. All you, all they do is zap you. They just direct an energy weapon. I was hit about three weeks ago. I never get sick. But when, when you know the symptoms and you know the symptoms of radiation poisoning, you know one. I know you know one. Name one. A foggy headed. I know is one of them. I, you know. I, okay, I, I so lightheaded or dizziness. You know, fast heartbeat, irregular heartbeat. What about a dry cough. How about I can't breathe? I want. I'm take. I'm trying to get. I can't breathe. That 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 is the classic thing when you're being hit with radiation. It immediately causes the cascade of clotting, pathological blood coagulation, which leads to hypercapnia, which is increase of carbon carbon dioxide, and or hypoxia, uh, oxygen deprivation, and you're grasping for air. That's what happened in Wuhan. The rest is just is just a make believe. There wasn't a a virus that was released from the lab. That's crazy. Is that, that, is that all? Part okay, of this, this and then it popped on a plane and somehow traveled to the United States and other places. That's crazy. It's crazy talk. What happened in Wuhan was what the true meaning of the word Corona means. Okay. Corona means radiation. Virus is poisoning. Virus means poison. You put coronavirus together, you have exactly the true meaning of what is happening. Radiation poisoning. But it's, it, you know, it, 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 if you've been inoculated, there's a high chance, particularly if you've been boosted, you have a 1 in 200 chance of being affected with this. On the first inoculation, it jumped from one and four with the second. The booster is one and two. And the, and the next boost boosters, it's, it's game over. It's one and one. So when we're looking at, at this and, and, and the exposure, when we're talking about this exposure to radiation, uh, it, it is quite, quite real because 
the matrix within in major cities. Some some people will ask me, I said, what do you do? I said, we have to realize when you're being exposed to these these magnetic fields uh, because you feel lightheaded, you feel dizzy, you have loss of energy, you have a dry cough, or you start gasping for air. You have to get out of that environment. I mean, and when you look at the exposure, just you know, a few minutes of exposure of talking on the phone near your head, and when you're using a technology called thermography, which actually shows the the heat coming off your body. You can see from from here on the left side, you can see the exposure of that magnetic field around the head. Okay, and and here you can see it when it's not. So you you have to get out of that field. And if you don't, and, and if you're suffering from headaches, if you're suffering, you know, from shallow breathing or lightheadedness or dizziness, and this seems to be, you know. A condition that's happening on a regular basis, you know, an acute condition, uh, you have to move. You have to get away from these towers. And, and having a, a smart car and a smart refrigerator and, and a smart meter does not, does not profit you in the way of good health. We're not talking about infection. We're talking about, and the question comes in, well, is this contagious? And the answer is absolutely not. Well, then why if I go to a party or to a crowd that this is, a, this is affecting me? And the reason is because those who carry this material are transmitting radiation that affects you. So it's not, it's not the spike protein shedding like a lot of us have believed that you're, that it's actually that they're almost it's almost as if you're standing next to a 5g cell tower and it gives you the feeling of that radiation poisoning it's just that that bot that, that person who's on his third booster has so much graphene oxide that he's amplifying the radiation basically is is that is that yeah what... they're picking up they're picking up the signals uh and that's being then amplified uh so they're human human towers now. They're transhuman, and, and they're picking up frequencies that are being directed to a person or persons that are now affecting others. And those who feel that, whether they have graphene or not, those who have graphene are going to feel it at a higher level. And those who don't will start feeling the symptoms of lightheadedness of dizziness of you know the pathological blood coagulation systems of cold hands cold feet see these are the initial symptoms that then increase to shallow breathing to rapid heartbeat you know to you know i can't i gotta get out of here i i can't breathe you know uh to dry cough you know you're basically choking on your your own waste products so this is what happens. Uh, and I've written and published articles on this uh, as it relates to a few uh, severe acute respiratory problems associated with COVID is the boiling of the interstitial fluids due to chemical and radiation poisoning that's causing, you know, this 
the body's inability to remove its own waste and to pick up new oxygen to deliver that out to the body cells. So people are dropping over dead, not because they've been infected, is because they've been transmitted a toxic field of energy that's coming off the cell tower directly to them or off cell towers that are coming off them. The outcome of the whole inoculation program is to connect all living souls to the internet of bodies, being able to track, control, and to eliminate, period. So what did you guys um, think of that? It's interesting he didn't mention the thing about uh, cemeteries where there were uh, so many bodies where uh, they had the IP addresses were, were coming out of these uh, corpses. Well, actually, this is an old uh, presentation, and that information may have not been released by the, when he's, he gave this. I think everybody should hear that. It gives you an insight, and, and it, like I said in the earlier program where I was talking about this, you remember when I was with the neighbors and I almost passed out when yeah. I got between them? Yeah. Well, this makes sense to me now because it wasn't the fact of shedding. It was the fact that I was getting bombarded with a tremendous amount of radiation. And the reason I, I, I got out of there as quick as I could and went back into a yard that's got, you know, a quarter of a ton of shungite in it. But it might not have been as much to the shungite as it was getting away from those fields. You know, certainly by the time the shungite, you know, helped, you know, completely negate all of the poisoning system. It did. But by the time I got back to the house, I wasn't passing out. But boy, I had to lay down and I went completely out for at least a couple of hours. But by the time I woke up, I felt fine. So, um... You've just got to look into shungite and you've got to get yourself shungite because it's the only thing I know that can protect against this crap. There's people, uh, as a matter of fact, um, the doctor himself is wearing a pendant that is like uh, a crystal that supposedly has a uh, wire inside. So it's, you know, wh who knows what kind of uh, energy field that's putting out. But he believes that that is helping him be protected. And he only, like, showed it, flashed it on the other show. Um, today, the Radio 5G, and you can see it in the archives or on podcasts, but Radio 5G has an hour of him discussing, uh, you know, more about the same subject. And what, what I want to leave you with is that you can go to his website, Dr. Dr. Okay, but drrobertyoung.com, robertyoung.com, and he gives you all sorts of information, all sorts of, uh, for free, you're not looking for the money, and what sold me on him was that he said that he had been a, a microbiologist, a biologist for decades, and he finally started looking at the 
concept of chakras and energy fields. And he said that he had come to the conclusion that the human body does not put out a bioenergetic uh, field. The bioenergetic field creates the human body. And that, to me, when, when I heard him say that, it was like, oh, my God, yes, he's absolutely got it. So he's uh, he's just fascinating. And I highly recommend him. But, you know, to me, this... Well, Dolly, you said that everybody... Sh Why did you say you thought everybody should hear this? Because those who don't believe might be given another opportunity to get an inkling of curiosity. Those who are on the fence might decide, well, what I've been hearing is true all this time. Those who do believe have, have the information that backs them up on what they have been trying to share with people. It gives them more confidence to keep sharing it. I'm done. Yeah. And what did you what did you think about it, Walt? Did you get any inspiration or ideas, or do you think that Shungite can help protect us from this? Oh, definitely. Why would why would you doubt that it can help you? I don't. Earlier today in chat, Yasmin said, "Nancy, don't limit Shungite." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is true. But, uh, yes, imagination and Shungite, it's a great complementary way of well, looking that's, at That's one thing that uh, all these scientific people, you know, Cliff High and, and all, all of these science types, we, we've been making a, a similar comment every time the information from these people come up. And there's never uh, an adequate answer to the question. Is like, these people, you know, they they doubt Shungite. They are they're, they're impressed. Oh, yeah, Shungite does this. Shungite, but no one wants to admit Shungite has a level of consciousness. Shungite responds to human consciousness. The fact that the, the phone, without touching it, will dial a phone call to someone that you know. I mean, we're not. Are we making it up? Is 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 uh, Dolly making it up? Is Gene Rockefeller making it up? Where you're not touching the phone and decides to phone phone phones a number number somebody that knows you and starts a conversation. You 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 get a conversation with somebody that you didn't even know that you were calling that person. And who's doing this? Obviously, and my phone, phone was sitting. <laughs> My phone was sitting up, face up. Nothing was touching the, where yeah. it would make anything on the screen. All of a sudden, I'm hearing Walt's voice, and I thought, what the heck? Yeah. My phone, literally, my phone dialed Walt. Okay. I guess so I thought we needed tell, to Tell talk. me now, of all the, of all the minerals, the, the entire catalog of minerals that are bought and sold, okay, what mineral can do that? Besides, besides Shanghai, <laughs> not that I know of. 
and yet, and yet people, nobody, nobody wants to admit it. It, you know, Cliff High, for someone so smart and who's studied so much, he's not touching it. He's not touching it that with a ten-foot pole. The fact that Shanghai has a, a sentience, has a level of consciousness that it responds, it reacts to thoughts that are being projected to it. Now that they're, oh, it's wonderful, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, but, okay, it's awake. Somebody, somebody wake up. This thing is awake. That's why it responds to you, and that's, and that's why when you want it, you want when you want to use it to do evil things, it won't respond because you can't get Shanghai to do work to do work in the name of evil. You can't do it to do things like that. It won't. It won't react. That is why it's so different from all the other minerals known to us on Earth. No mineral does that. What quartz doesn't do it. Quartz can be used for bad for black magic, can be used for white magic. No, this Shanghai is the only mineral that refuses to be used for evil things. So that that indicates a level of awareness, a level of intelligence. A, a, you know, you know how many times can you say it until somebody? Oh, you know, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Maybe. Well, it's, it's, maybe it's a start. <laughs> <laughs> so, finally, it's... Well, it's well Walt, it, it's very likely that um, Shungite itself is hiding itself from people that don't need to know its power. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, people have been been trying to get a hold of Cliff to say, you know, you, you, you're playing with regular raw Shungite. You're not playing with silver saturated. You know what? They—they're not entering into a concept of, you know, what really is, what it's really all about, and listen to the people that have been doing this for a lot longer than they have. Well, we have another issue: is that these are people that only accept intelligence coming from a human being. They cannot conceive that true intelligence. You know, has to come from a purely human. You know, a non-human cannot have any kind of intelligence. Only humans have, and that's another another thing. I mean, how how many authors have have written books about non-human based intelligence? I mean, the, look at the uh, uh, Castaneda books, where he an entire book dedicated to non-human intelligences. So it's not like it was an unknown subject, but some people don't want to go there. They don't want to touch that. Okay. Well, because they're not ready. <laughs> they may never be ready, but they're not ready. You can only go as far as you're ready to go. Yeah. And it, and it just so happened that in the case of Shungite, it is a specific kind of intelligence because it is capable of, of stopping... Uh, certain energy operations. So, if you want to do some harm with this, it won't work. What other mineral can do that? I'm I'm not aware. I know min how many minerals are very active, but they are they don't distinguish between good and bad. They just do whatever whatever it's being asked of them to do. 
but not the shungite. Shungite is specific. You cannot use it to hurt others. It, it can't get any more specific than that. Well, we haven't we haven't gotten near the end of the shungite story. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> oh, you got any passing thoughts on what's been happening out there in the real world? In your oh, I have no idea what's going on in the real world. I quit watching the the <laughs> lies on the TV, the news, they call it, because um, it irritated me every time they'd say, oh, the White House says, for one thing, <laughs> houses don't talk. <laughs> The Another shack. thing, nobody, <laughs> Biden is dead. There's no <laughs> presidential group right now except for Trump, in my opinion. See, I just, I don't go into the real world unless I go out to eat with Ned at our favorite restaurants or uh, go to Kohl's, the a, a department store. That's the only outside uh, connection that I have because I chose it because they drive me nuts and I'm not going to allow that to happen so I don't know what's going on in the real world Good the Dolly world is pretty nice <laughs> especially now that you get to visit all your places that you liked oh yeah just instantaneously yeah now, where did you say you're going to go someplace at Christmas time? Is that true? Yes, at Sherry's house. We're going to uh, go there the day before Christmas so that we can help Sherry cook for everybody coming over. Um, it'll be Sherry's side of the family, mother-in-law, her kids, like that, and us, uh, Annette and me, maybe Russell. Um so we're going to go there then. And that will leave the next day for Kansas to see her uh, stepsister. And I will be at Sherry's house for Christmas week through uh, the holiday that's after Christmas. New Year's. And, yeah. And so um, that'll be my headquarters from the day before Christmas till after New Year's. I hope New you're going to be able to do radio. Um, what day does Christmas fall on? Do we know? I'm trying to pull up my... Uh, come on. Whoops, come on. Damn it. Okay. Christmas is on a Monday. Oh, yeah. I should be able to do... Let's see. Well, I'm not Christmas gonna... is on Monday. And then that means that I'm not allowed to see. I don't know when. The, I don't know what covers that Saturday. Saturday. Okay. okay. Saturday is the 30th. Yeah. I can do it then. Okay. As far as, uh, as, far as they aren't planning to take me someplace, I don't know. I'll tell them I plan to do the shows then. Well, I hope so. <laughs> anyway, we're down to the last minute here. Any passing thoughts? Love blankets, everyone. Yes. Yes. It's really important now, y'all. 
Love blankets are very, very important at this time. Dave says he popped in to say that. I'm done. That's it. Hmm. Uh, Take it away, Chief. Well, I'm looking at to see where the... Um, what in the heck? I'm having a hard time. For, oh, there it is. It would help if I remembered what show it was. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, the intrigue? Yeah. Listen, everybody. Tomorrow is a a, a really good uh, program. Uh, Radio Five G Cosmic Soup with Yasmin and Bob West. We, Mark and I are interviewing. It was, it was a fun show. Thanks for being here. See you next time. Preaching the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart as a 